0: May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Well, how about this weather, huh? And it almost kind of seems like we've experienced a multitude of different seasons all within this past week. But I just woke up to some really cold weather this morning and thankfully heat rises. So it was uh, much warmer upstairs, but when I went downstairs to brew the coffee, it was cold. You know, it's been a frigid couple of days so we've had the fireplace going and all that. So one of the things that I will always do is dress appropriately for cold weather. In fact, a couple of items that I will always put on myself will include warm socks, boots, even layers of clothing. I'll typically wear gloves, even though I did skip that this morning kind of a short drive, a warm hat. And I especially wear a warm hat because I lack natural cover. <laughs> and of course, I put on my coat, <laughs> which uh, depends whether it's the heavy coat that I'm gonna wear when I go to Colorado next week with my, with my day job boss uh, or uh, the, um, that Navy pea coat uh, which I'll wear as well. You know, why do I do that? Well, why does any one of us dress uh, that way? Well, to stay warm, of course. I mean, because all of us understand the necessity of clothing ourselves appropriately based not only on the season, whether it's summer, winter, spring, or fall, but also the occasion. We dress suitably for the occasion. Every morning, I put on my clothes when I go to work in in my day job, uh, where I work with with the Army as a civil servant. And typically, what I choose to put on it uh, depends on whether I'm staying in the office doing administrative work or engaging in community relations activities where I'll, usually I'll be wearing a coat and a tie. Or if I'm traveling with my day job, I'm going to travel, wear travel clothes. Or even this morning, I put on my alb, my stole, and my chasuble to celebrate the Mass. In either case, I dress suitably for the occasion. Today, on this fifth Sunday, After the Epiphany, which this year is our last Sunday before we commence with our pre-Lent season, which begins next Sunday, we will focus on what it means to put on certain characteristics that define who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the phrase put on, we've seen at least a couple of times, or we heard a couple of times in the epistle reading, in that Greek word, the Greek root word for that is a verb, enduo. And that, of course, does appear not only twice in our epistle reading today, but also 26 other passages all throughout the New Testament in various contexts and various usage, usages of that particular verb. And simply put, enduo means to put any kind of thing on oneself. Or to clothe oneself, because we see it translated that way as well. And in this epistle context, the word is used as a metaphor that describes taking on certain characteristics or virtues or intentions as we grow in grace in the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of his Holy Spirit. Because we certainly can't do it in our own strength in order to become more like him conformed in his image and in his likeness, reflecting his glory in everything that we think, say, and do, and even the very attitudes of our hearts. So as we prepare to enter the pre-Lent seasons, which leads us to Ash Wednesday on March the 2nd, this Lenten season, as we're reminded, is a season of prayer, fasting, almsgiving true repentance and amendment of life and of course that will begin with septuagesima next sunday so i'll talk about more of, of what that means next sunday so let's consider the characteristics that saint paul challenged us to put on so that the word of christ may dwell in us richly so with that let's begin with our epistle reading which is found on page 116 of your prayer book, of the Book of Common Prayer, if you're following along. We're uh, in your Bibles. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. And I will cover most of that text, not all. But let's go ahead and begin with, with verse 12. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Wow, that's a lot. Well, let's go ahead and begin with what it means to be God's chosen ones. What exactly does that mean? Well, St. Paul's appeal is based on this threefold fact that Christians are chosen by God. We are set apart by and for God. And we are also very much loved by God. In fact, the three terms chosen, holy and beloved signify essentially the same great fact, but under different aspects. Because the same phrase is also used in the Old Testament to describe the nation of Israel, which emphasized the favored position Now enjoyed by Christians because we are engrafted branches into Israel's tree. So we therefore have all the same privileges uh, as God's people. Another term for God's people or God's chosen ones, we are often referred to as the elect uh, throughout the scriptures. The apostle then goes on to instruct the church to put on compassion, kindness, kindness humility, meekness, and patience. Well, let's begin with compassion as the first attribute. And that translates the biblical bowels of mercy, which is a feeling of sympathy and empathy even for the needs and sufferings of others. And we see an example of that in the Lord Jesus Christ. In St. Mark chapter six, we read about Christ's compassion beginning in the 34th verse. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And as a reminder, even as parents, we feel compassion for our own children whenever they're sad or they're hurt or they're seriously injured. And of course i've had that happen even with my own kids so i couldn't help but feeling like i really wanted to trade places with them so that they didn't have to go through all of that so what so since i obviously could not trade places i would comfort them out of love for them even though sometimes i get frustrated with them still my my daddy's heart is to hurt for my children when they're hurting and that's the same heart of the love of the Father that he has towards us and the Lord Jesus Christ by showing compassion. And likewise, we show that same compassion to one another. Let's talk about the quality of kindness. It's the quality of being helpful or beneficial. It's about goodness and generosity, uh, and, and not just generosity with resources, but even generosity with time and having a ready disposition to listen, and to respond to the needs of others. In fact, we are reminded in one of my favorite passages in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and I know I've worn that out so many times, but it bears repeating, almost to the point where you could probably quote it verbatim, but Ephesians 4, 32 is that bicoda verse. In the King James, it's be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God and Christ also forgave you. So then that leads us to humility. It is the recognition of the fact that all of us are equal value in God's sight, which makes it impossible for a Christian to be arrogant in his relation with a fellow Christian by showing partiality in all of its forms. In fact, as I remind each and every one of us, the ground is quite level at the foot of the cross. St. Paul wrote to the Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, and this is what he said. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And that leads us to meekness or gentleness is another way that it's translated, which may likewise be expressed frequently as a reversal of something that is wrong. For example, do not be harsh in dealing with others or do not be hard in your thought toward others. Put another way, it's actually great strength under control. It's not to be confused at all with weakness because our Lord Jesus Christ it was very much meek, but not at all weak. In fact, Christ modeled that meekness all the way to Calvary. Let's talk about patience. And I would caution anyone, uh, if, if you want to pray that the Lord would give you more patience, be careful what you ask for. I did that once. <laughs> I was taught patience. But when we think about patience in this context, it's the attitude of forbearance, intolerance, which is regularly listed as one of the prime Christian virtues, and we see that all throughout the New Testament in 2 Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians and even in 2 Timothy. Patience may also be expressed as putting up with people for a long time (laughs) or suffering long because of people, and uh, expressed in a negative sense in other words, don't be uh, quickly annoyed or irrit- irritated with people. And, and what do I mean by that? Uh, well, we all have our idiosyncrasies, don't we? And we simply have to show patience for one another. In fact, uh, that takes us now to verse 13 of our epistle passage. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive Bearing with and forgiving one another expand the thought of patience. St. Paul uses them to show that Christians who are truly patient will manifest this attitude in a couple of ways. We'll show this in a couple of ways. Number one, a willingness to bear with those whose faults or unpleasant traits are an irritant to them. Going back to what I said before, and also a willingness to forgive those they have grievances against. Bear with suggests the thought of putting up with things we dislike in others. Along with forgive and forgiving are words used in in the second chapter of this epistle passage in verse 13, which also describes God's action towards us, which has the sense of forgiving freely. And here's what I mean by that. And let me just point back to to this ministry and the culture that we have within our ministry right here at St. Benedict Anglican Church. One of the things that is a high priority to me in ministry to others is making sure that all are welcome in the house of the Lord. And it's important that we do a couple of things to that end. And we've done this so very well that we, again, bear with one another's idiosyncrasies Because we all have them. And I have more than my fair share of them, let me tell you. Some of you all know me well, already know this. But moreover, we extend grace to one another whenever we do fall short. If we willingly repented of our sins and accepted the absolution of the Lord for forgiveness of those sins, then who are we to withhold the same from our brothers and sisters in Christ especially for those who do repent. Furthermore, we focus more also on what unites us in the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom and his righteousness rather than what divides us, whether it's partisan or even identity politics. Such divisions have no place in Christ's church. And the reason for that is because we serve a king. Christ is our king and we serve him and one another by advancing his kingdom, which is not of this world at all. Yes, as I preached previously, we are to function as dual citizens because we render unto Caesar those things that are Caesar's and we render unto God those things that are God's. But our loyalty ultimately is an allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the king of kings And the Lord of Lords. And that takes us now to verse 14 of our epistle passage. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. The final article in this description of Christian attire is love. Agape. These are the distinctive Christian terms for caring love. In fact, um, and we especially point uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But all the virtues listed in verses 12 and 13 are on the highest level manifestations of love. But love is larger than any one of them indeed. Larger than all of them combined. Therefore, the mention of love as a separate attribute that we put on It's not redundant. It's not repeating something that's already said, but magnifying what's already been said and couching all of those attributes and the love that we have for the Lord and for one another. Because after all, it is love that binds all the Christian virtues together in perfect unity and perfect harmony, which gives order and coherence to Christian character and conduct. Or put another way, It is the love which binds all Christians together in perfect harmony in the body of Christ, which is his church. When I think of harmony, I often think of the different parts of the choir where you have the sopranos, the altos, the tenors and the basses. Maybe throw in a mezzo-soprano and some baritones in there, right? And everyone sings their parts and it's beautiful and it's harmonious, because when all of these parts are combined in a choral piece, it produces beautiful music that you can even listen to a cappella, even though I like accompaniment. I prefer accompaniment. We have excellent accompaniment. But I will never forget the time uh, when when we were living in Montana. uh, The family was up in Montana, and I came all the way down to San Antonio to attend the basic instructor course. And that was a six week course. So where did I go? I went to something familiar. It was a faith Presbyterian church. So because I needed to occupy some of my free time when I wasn't studying, I actually volunteered to sing with the choir. And as long as I'm leaning on another bass or somebody else who has great intonation and can really uh, hear the notes well, I do just fine. I can blend right along. But I'll never forget singing in the bass section there at Faith Presbyterian. And part of what we were doing as a choir was rehearsing for our Easter service. And it was awesome because we were rehearsing uh, the Hallelujah Chorus from Handel's Messiah. And that's one one of the most beautiful pieces of music I could ever hear. And our harmony was so glorious, and just the acoustics there, the choir loft were so amazing, and even the horns that were blending in with the music, it was just beautiful, because the trumpet's blast right at the right time. I could hear it in my head right now. So when we think of the harmony of beautiful music sung by a choir, we think of our harmony as the body. It should be music to Christ's ears as we blend our respective gifts together in ministry, as we serve this zip code 78240, the most diverse zip code in all of San Antonio. It's a very large zip code with over 34,000 people, last census, if if I recall, meaning we have lots of ministry opportunities. And what would it look like if we harmonized together to, to serve? So when we think about love, We also think about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that very famous epistle passage that's read in so many weddings where we read, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Our greatest witness to the world around us. And in this microcosm of the world, our community around us, our greatest witness is how we love one another. Because our Lord Jesus Christ said in St. John's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, a new commandment I give you that you love one another just as i have loved you you also are to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another so what would it look like what what would it look like to our community if we put on the attributes of compassion kindness humility meekness and patience while bearing and forgiving one another as Christ binds us in his love in, in harmony. And, and believe me, we live in a, a world right now where people are hurting, people are upset with one another, people are sick, you know, people are struggling even. So what would it look like if they came in to our midst and this appeared much to them like an oasis where they would drink of the living water that only Christ offers That living water which dwells, that bubbles up to eternal life. Amen. I say this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen.